Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Slayers, and welcome to another episode of She Slays the Day podcast. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and today we are talking money. Uh, so this is actually a different kind of episode. Um, I'm not playing full guest and I'm not playing full host. I have on Stephanie Wigner, who is the host of the Wealthy Practitioner podcast, and I stumbled across her I don't know, like two months ago, because I live under a rock. Okay. Like, I don't know the, the fact of the matter that I still air quotes, discover people in such a small arena. Um, and by discover, I mean, like I had never heard. And I was like, Oh my gosh, who's this really cool woman in chiropractic talking about things that I'm super passionate about. Like you'd think I would have crossed paths, but like I said, maybe I do kind of live under a rock up here in Northwest Wisconsin. But anyways, so I found her podcast, loved it. And I was like, I would love to have you on, but I also know that you probably need content too. So let's do like a joint thing because we talk about very similar things on this topic. So we're talking about money today. Like now her podcast, Wealthy Practitioner, you know, I, I think she asked me at the end, like, what does wealthy mean to you? And I think we can all agree that wealthy means something unique to everyone. Wealthy does not need to mean that you are in this for the money. I was just talking to a guest on a different episode right before uh, doing this intro. And, um, somehow we were down this rabbit hole and she said like, well, money isn't the main motivator for me. And I realized that like, just through my questioning and like my area where I was like asking and talking about, it can come across when we start talking about money, that money is the main motivator. Right. And I have a couple like kind of, mm, we're going to talk about this for a second. So I think that the fear that we are going to be perceived as greedy and that money is our main motivator is the number one reason that a lot of people, specifically within chiropractic, I think, aren't talking about it. We're not talking about money because, I mean, shit, it would be a lot easier if we were an accountant, right? To be like, I'm going to talk about money. Of course you are. Um, but because we're chiropractors, we deal with people and we deal with people in like a really amazing way. 
So how dare we, how dare we get greedy and think that money has a place when we're talking about like expecting miracles and like slaying subluxations. So I think it's really hard because you don't want to be perceived as a chiropractor that you're in this for the wrong reasons. So I think we can all agree that none of us went into chiropractic for the money. Okay. We're just going to put that out there. I didn't become a chiropractor because of the money. And I sure as shit am not staying a chiropractor because of the money. Um, and that is the thing I see is that it's not about money, but you need to make it. Okay. And this is why I think us not talking about money parts of things uh, is why we see a lot of chiropractors leaving the profession. You know, you go on some of these Facebook pages and they're like, the, you know, like I'm burnt out. I'm this, I'm that, you know, I can tell you that I doubt many of them are making $250,000 a year. Like now a lot, is it possible to get burnt out and make that? <laughs> yeah. Just ask my husband and me. Uh, no, but like, it's one of those things where it's like, no, that's why it's not the only thing. But if we pretend to be too good to talk about money, we're gonna continue losing people. If we can't figure out how to help this really fulfilling career, help people live an abundant lifestyle. When we're talking about wealth, we're talking about freedom. We're talking about the freedom to be home with your children. You know, we're not just talking about the amount of money in your bank account. We're talking about what, how this can provide a life for you. Chiropractic is an awesome career, but where I feel like we're getting a little mixed up is like, how does work-life balance come in? Because a lot of people are only seeing when I do the life balance, the checking balance suffers. Let's put that on a t-shirt. That was really awesome. Um, you know, right. So let's talk about how that doesn't happen. And so I think it's conversations like this with Dr. Steph and I, I obviously really passionate about, we're seeing a lot of different episodes. Um, I mean, honestly, the multi-passionate chiropractor, that entire course is about helping chiropractors find more freedom in their life, you know, of this version of wealth and like, how do we do that without sacrificing that checking account? So if you are new to the podcast um, and you're interested in this topic, I encourage you to look back episode 199, how to shatter money myths, episode 207, strategies to crush mindset and profitability. Um, I also recommend um, going and listening to the course we just recently released last week or the week before on building a course. Um, even if you're not interested in a course, a lot of my thoughts on how uh, a side hustle can allow this ideal work-life balance, you know, is in there. Um, what I like today that we talk about as well is that we're not gatekeeping this kind of information just for owners. I think that one of the sacred cows that needs to break or be slaughtered, is that what we do? We, do we slaughter sacred cows? Somebody wrote a famous book about killing sacred cows. 
anyways, I am slaughtering the sacred cow um, that you have in order to be a wealthy chiropractor, you need to own your own chiropractic business. And I think that's what gets a lot of people in trouble. I think that they see freedom and, you know, multiple six-figure incomes only as the owner. But I can tell you there's a lot of owners, a lot of owners out there who are not making multiple six figures, are burnt out and feel like they have zero freedom. So we need, again, we just need to start talking about this because we need more chiropractors. We need more associates. But if we continue talking about wealth as only like, well, when you get to a million dollar practice, then blah, blah, blah. Like, okay, so we're just going to build it, our wealth on the backs of other people. Like none of us agree with that. None of us want that. You know, I want to be able to provide an abundant life for my associates where they can have the wealth, where they feel like they have freedom in their life, where they feel like their income isn't just dependent on whether or not I give them a raise or not, right? And so just having these conversations, talking about like, yeah, investing. Um, I had another guest on just a couple days ago. Oh my gosh, a couple of weeks ago where we talked about student loans, uh, Wealth with Megan. And we talked about just, again, as an associate, there's there's freedom that can be had. There's money that can be had. So I don't want my associates in the room to think, oh, this is another episode about how once you start your own business and you get rich, then you, no girl, no boy, you can, this episode is still for you. So let's learn for those of you who also live under a rock and don't know Dr. Steph like me. So her bio is seven years ago, she was facing burnout as a new graduate working in a job that undervalued her and drowning in student loan debt. She wondered how she would ever get ahead. Today, she owns multiple clinics, manages several team members, invests in real estate and startup companies, and consults other practitioners on how to grow their own empires. The Wealthy Practitioner Podcast is unfiltered show dedicated to pulling back the curtain on entrepreneurship, wealth building, motherhood, and more. Uh, she releases every Tuesday where she shares her real life experiences with you. So you can not only learn from them, but also laugh along the way. So can you see how we're kind of like-minded? Uh, she also has long, dark hair. So, uh, <laughs> but she lives a much more glamorous lifestyle out in like New Jersey and Montauk. Um, whereas I uh, live in a tiny town and drink linen kugels and bloody marys on the weekend and pull tabs. Um, that made me sound like an alcoholic. I do way more than just sit in a bar, but I am in Wisconsin. So insert Wisconsinite joke now. So let's pray. And then let's get, get down to business. Dear God, I pray again for, gosh, how many times is it brought up in the Bible? about how difficult it is for a rich man to get into heaven. And that fear that we're going to be perceived as bad, honestly, even just the fear, so many people don't even realize the mindset issues they have around money that, I mean, it's one of the number one things that people talk about with building wealth is that mindset of like, 
what's getting in your way? What kind of myths do you have around this? So many of us may not even realize that we worry that we'll still be a good person if we make the kind of wealth we desire, that we're a bad person for even having that desire on our heart. Like how dare us want that? Um, that friends or family will change if we think big and want that. And Lord, I know that when we're talking about wealth and abundance, it's so much more, so much more than just dollars. We're talking about the wealth and abundance to be able to pay your bills and spend time with your children pay your bills and see so many of the things, those beautiful wonders on earth, pay your bills and not get in a fight with your husband. There are marriages that are ending because of money. So continue to put all conversations around money through the best lens that we can um, help us to have conversations without feeling greedy, keep us from becoming greedy, stay in our heart and help us to do amazing things because money has done some amazing things in this world. Um, from as big as, you know, saving lives to as air quotes, little as allowing a parent to be with their child instead of daycare and everything in between. So um, just keep our hearts following you and bless this conversation and everyone listening in your name we pray amen okay without further ado here is one of my favorite episodes i've done in a while my conversation with dr stephanie wigner okay so i already know you're into human design yes you called yourself a projector i am new to the human design world but i am a manifesting generator and from what I know, it's weird to me. Like, I feel like everybody that's like out there doing shit and having white parties like you're having <laughs> such a cooler life than me is like a manifesting generator. So what's a so, projector? When I found out I was a projector, I was like, no fucking way, because I have so much energy and so many ideas and like that visionary aspect that wants to do a million things and projectors tend to need more rest and recharge. And so as I've come to know more about human design. I'm like, okay, what I think is happening is some of that childhood trauma is causing me to work, 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 work. And I've been ignoring the projector side, but also there's like three categories of projectors. And I am the one that like has the most energy feels like they can keep up with the manifesting generators the most. Okay. Now, do you know what your Enneagram is? I am a three. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. I'm like, mm, cause that's where I was like, I'm always I'm interested with like, so it's not that human design is new, but like, mm -hmm. as it's new to me, but like mm -hmm. everything I'm always trying to be like, okay, so are manifesting generators threes or like, can a projector be a three? So yeah. Well, and so when I first did the Enneagram test, I don't even remember what I was, but I remember reading it and I was like, this is not me at all. So I didn't resonate with it. And then I dived into human design and I was like, okay. And I didn't know hardly anything about Enneagram. I just did a test online. And then when I got into human design, it was like birth time. I'm like, okay, this is legit. Like this is my birth chart. Like there's no miss, like no way to misinterpret this. And then somebody was like, well, what are you? And I was like, I don't know, six, seven, eight. I can't even remember. And they were like, do the test. And I was a three. And then I read that and I was like, oh, okay. Now I can relate to Enneagram because I feel like this is so me. Mm -hmm. And that is my one qualm with mm -hmm. the Enneagram is that you can't, 
Like anytime I talk to someone, they either are like, oh, I'm a seven or they're like, oh, I did a test. I think I was like a two. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't know. You don't, you don't know. know what you are. Like, <laughs> you know, I think it took my husband like a year and three books to figure out like he was a nine. And I was like, are you sure you're not a five? Uh, and like, we're like, nope, he's a nine. But it, you can't just yeah. do it for employees or like in hiring because totally. everyone's going to come back as a two and you're like, Mm, yes maybe yes. maybe you're a two but with these other ones it's like it took the time no, this is it yep <laughs> this is definitive <laughs> okay so what is your where did you go to school when did you graduate I don't um I went to Palmer Davenport and my husband's a chiropractor so we were in the same try and we graduated in February 2015 okay was this a how old are you I am 34 Okay. Was this a first career? I'm like trying to do the math of like, cause chiropractic. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I went to chiropractic school right after undergrad. So I started school when I was 22, graduated 26. Yep. And then where do you live now? We live in New Jersey. Okay. That thus the like white parties and the cool, like <laughs> you were like on Long Island or Montauk or something like last yes, week. And we're I was in the Hamptons. Like, we had already set this up and I'm like, Oh, she seems so much cooler than me. <laughs> no way. No way. I'm from Kansas originally. Okay. Well, it makes me feel um, better, but <laughs> yeah. So like, that's the thing too. Even when I'm like, it took me a while to kind of immerse myself in New Jersey, but I like, I love my Midwest people, you know? Cause I'm like, Oh, this feels like home. Like, this is good. Everybody's nice. Everybody's happy. Like everybody's like cheery and, you know, good old fellow. And out here, people are a little bit more cutthroat. Um, it's so it was a hard, yeah, yeah, it was so hard adjusting to that. I, um, my stepdad has comes from a big family and he's like very New Jersey and he's got six siblings that are all still there so like very new jersey and they just communicate differently and so yes comical. very differently like, oh. are you are you from the midwest originally yeah well pretty much so my birth chart uh what i have to put in for human design is that i was born in southern california um, oh really okay yep, so there was like that and then so i ended up in wisconsin in 2012 no not no i was 12 i was like wait a minute I graduated <laughs> chiropractic so I was 12 and it's in that we moved back to my mom's hometown. My mom was actually best friends with Fred Barge's daughter. Oh, wow. So it was really weird of like, you know, every time I'm on a podcast, the chiropractic one, they're like, what's your chiropractic story? And I'm like, oh, mine is kind of lame. Like I really didn't become a principled chiropractor um, until like five years into practice. I chose, so like, even though my mom was like around, but yeah. I feel like God was just kind of like positioning the Planting pieces, seeds. like doing the things. And um, yeah, so I was, I would go to the chiropractor like once a year, like when I, my neck hurt from serving yep. or something like that. Yep. And that was Fred Barge's son-in-law. Um, oh my God. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, Hey, um, and chose Northwestern based purely off of geography. Cause it was like okay. hours from where I grew up. Yeah, that well, makes sense. And then, you know, like no offense to Northwestern, but it also like, makes sense why it took you a while to become principal. A minute. It took a minute. <laughs> took a minute. Um, because back then it was definitely like, oh, that's the group reading the green books. Uh -huh. we, well, was like, yeah. And I didn't know any different. Like I had For sure. no 
idea that I was missing out on something. I, I remember even doing the ICPA series in um, like one of the seminars being in Chicago and just it attracted so many Northwestern docs too. And just even the differences, because it was like half Palmer, half Nor Northwestern and our questions were so different, but like you could tell that was our training, right? Like we didn't really question that like chiropractic was going to solve the world because like that was our training. And Northwestern was like, I need to know exactly how you're saying, just a different, like more analytical approach, uh -huh. you know? And so that was when I was like, that was my first time that I realized like, oh, not every chiropractic school is the same like we all have similar curriculums but still different things yeah I didn't it took me forever to realize that like literally yeah. like I said um yeah it was years into practice to go like oh chiropractic schools differ a lot mm -hmm. which is weird and it's this is still a thing where like they're so different like, yeah speaking your school matters for sure would you go back and do Palmer again I would yeah I mean I don't know about the politics of it. I don't really pay attention to Palmer politics or even regular the world politics right. that much. I just like to live in my own bubble. But um, I think, yeah, Palmer, Life, Sherman, those would be my top, top three. Yep. I could, I think I would go to Life because they really seem like they have their shit together. Like totally. right they, and, they, um, they've always had it together is the thing. The they've always I, had it together. Yeah. And the only reason I'm kind of like, that's probably what I'd pick is I would really love to go to Palmer, Florida. Those uh -huh. people seem like they are having a lot of fun. A lot of fun. See, my, one of my associates went to Palmer, Florida and she was like, yeah, it was cool. But she was like, she missed the seasons. She was like, I really just, she's from New Jersey originally. And she came back she was like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to be out of like the hundred degree weather. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I could see that. I'm just thinking about like the perfect days in the middle of winter when I'm exactly when you're oh, in like a, a tundra. <laughs> okay. So after you graduated, like when did your husband, when did you guys get married? Did you start a practice right away? Like kind of fast forward me. Like, um, what's so yeah, we graduated now? in 2015 and, um, my husband, even though we were in the same try, he had to retake part four boards. And so I think that's also something that never gets talked about. Like boards are fucking hard. And if you have to retake a part or uh, a subject or whatever, like it feels so detrimental at the time. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I am a failure. This is terrible. And he just, he wasn't a great test taker. And so that we stayed in, um, we stayed in Iowa for a couple of months so that he could retake it. And then we moved out to Jersey. We both had associateships and, um, we never wanted to work together. I'm very much peds prenatal. He's like sports, soft tissue, um, more rehab focused. And so that was like our biggest fight when we were dating is I was like, you're not even a real chiropractor. And he was <laughs> like, he was like, Steph really like, come on. And he's like, I can help people with pain. Like people walk, like come in in wheelchairs and leave after one treatment with me, like out of their wheelchair. And I'm like, well, I make a baby poop and you don't. And like, <laughs> right. literally You're like not for... even training the brain. <laughs> right. Like, and you know, we talked about it on our podcast a little bit because we're like, we were so, and you're so in the school and like nothing else matters outside of school. And you can't think big picture at all. And we, I was like, I don't, I don't know. Like, is this going to work Kyle? Like, I don't know. And he was like, I think we just are going to help different people. And I was like, Oh, yeah. Like we don't have to work together. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Problem solved. Like you're right. <laughs> um, but it felt so big at the time because I was like doing the ICPA program. So I was like head over heels in love with the idea of pediatrics prenatal. And the, the example that I had was that, well, if you both were chiropractors, you just work together. Like that's what right. makes the most sense. That's easiest. How dare you try to do something else. And it, then 
I know we have a love of diversifying income. Also at, at, at that stage, we were like, okay, but wouldn't it be cool if we had more than one income source just starting now, out? You thought that back in your twenties? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Did either yeah. of you come from entrepreneurial no. parents? No. So, so my mom, when I was 20 years old, she started a riding academy. And so teaching people how to ride horses, like I said, on a farm in the Midwest, she has like a whole riding academy. She has a nonprofit for horses and all of that. And so I started to see it at that point, like right before school, but it, she did it because she didn't want to work at her job and she had a passion for horses. She never really started the business to make money. It was just like, hey, I could spend my whole day in an office in a cubicle or I could spend my whole day outside with horses. And that's why she started her business. Mm -hmm. um, kind of like us, like where we're like, hey, I just want to get out there and help people, right? Mm -hmm. And um, do it how I want to do it. And so I don't think either of us had an entrepreneur. We definitely did not have, um, like, I, I, I hate to say it because I never want to offend either of our parents, but we didn't come for much. Yeah. And so- but what was happening is I, at my associateship, it was a really successful practice. And I saw, I was there for a year and I saw like, wow, even if you specialize in pediatric prenatal, you can have an amazing successful practice. And at that point, I wasn't willing to sacrifice and just be like a regular office quote, because I was so passionate about peds prenatal right. that I was like, well, I'm not going to change. You're not going to change. Why don't we just have two offices? Or if you're going to stay with your position, I'll open a clinic and we'll have two sources of income that way. Okay. So the two sources of income was originally from the chiropractic standpoint. Yes. Okay. I thought you were like, and then oh, like, buying a property in my 20s. No. I was like, damn, that took, oh. okay. so it was, oh, that makes sense of like, let's diversify. So like we're, all of our eggs aren't in this basket, this one particular basket. Yes. Yep. And then I could also see going into associateships, like they're just not, you see what you're going to make kind yes. of thing, versus like the hope of like, but we could make a ton of money if we start our own or whatever. So exactly. So is you still don't work together. Correct. Okay. So then fast, fast, fast me forward. Fast forward. We get married in 2017. We buy our first house in 2018, like four months after our wedding. And, um, I have my two clinics in 2018. I have my first one and then I have a satellite and I still have those today. They're about 20 minutes apart from each other. Um, they operate primarily as one clinic. So the patients can go to mm -hmm. either. Um, two locations. Kyle, my husband, has two separate, completely, entirely different uh, practices about an hour away from where we live. Okay. So you have four clinics between the both of you. Yes. So my clinic functions exactly like yours. They're okay. 20 minutes apart. The one yep. big difference that I have a feeling is if I had to say how many people live between clinic one and clinic two. It's like five. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, probably less than 50. Um, yeah. You yeah. probably crossed four suburbs. It, literally, yeah. That was the biggest shock to my nervous system when I moved here. I was like, why am I in a different town? I literally drove half, like I drove mm -hmm. half a mile. So yeah, thousands and thousands of people in between that. <laughs> little different, little different up here. So then when did you start working with chiropractors? Like when did you start this Consulting? kind of like, yeah. Was that the, like the next business or like income or hobby, yes. I should say? That yes, you it do? was. Um, I was at a, a mastermind at the end of 2019 and I was like, hey, 
I'm going to start getting into consulting. You know how it is. People see what you're doing. They're like, Hey, can you help me? What's going on? And that's kind of what started happening. And I was like, well, we, at that point, again, uh, my husband's offices are heavily focused on insurance. It's more of a rehab model. Mine is like 80% cash. And so we had a huge insurance change that really affected Kyle's one office. He only had one office at that time. And I was like, wow, this really sucks. If insurance just wakes up and is like, cool, I'm going to pay you $50 less and you have to just take it, you know? And so I was like, I don't want to have now, even though we diversified and have more than one income source, we're still all in healthcare. And I was like, I don't want to have all of our income resulting from healthcare. So that's what started me on consulting. I was an independent contractor um, for another company first for Black Diamond Club. And then I just, I had my son, a lot of things changed. And I was like, you know, I really have a unique way. And I think being a mom and running a business, right? You encounter a lot, a lot of new challenges. And I was like, I kind of want to do my own thing and build my own thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and were, did you start with like female chiropractors or not at all? It was um, 90% of my clients were female chiropractors. Mm -hmm. And if not, usually they were married working in a practice together. Yep. Hey, she slayers. So a question I get asked a lot is what have I found that works best to get new patients in the door? Well, my friends over at the Pediatric Experience have put together the ultimate branding and marketing playbook that does a comprehensive job to answer this question, and they even include a free video training that comes with it. This free guide reveals the secrets to a kick-ass, wildly effective marketing system that consistently brings in over 20 new patients every single month. And guess what? It's all organic. Picture this, a proven approach that will grow your patient numbers while you focus on doing what you do best, providing exceptional chiropractic care. Inside the playbook, you'll discover the five core elements of this powerful marketing system, from crafting a compelling brand to implementing strategic marketing strategies, they've got you covered. If you know PX, Dr. Tony and that crew, they practice exactly what they preach, and it's no different in the latest PDF Plus training they've put together for you. So if you're ready to attract more patients through the door, grow your practice, and dominate your local market, this guide is a must-have for you. So check out the link in the description to get your free download and video training. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. So, like, I feel like I stumbled into a side hustle. Um, it really wasn't until I, I wouldn't have called this a side hustle 
until about a year and a half ago. Would you have called it like a passion project? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. A passion project that required a lot of energy. <laughs> yeah, so totally. Lots back. But like I had been coaching for free, like um, mm-hmm. with an unpaid coaching thing for a bigger company, decided to leave just because I was like, I don't know, but then just really missed helping people like, like helping chiropractors and like solving problems and just like the nuance of business. And so then, so then the podcast started and then it was, what was your original goal with the podcast when you started it? God, I don't know. I don't know. Um, just I'm to do this new thing. <laughs> I was bored. I, I'm yeah. a manifesting generator. Okay. Like I just <sighs> was like, I don't know. That sounds fun. And so it's kind yeah. of that freak out moment where that we were talking about before you started recording, where you're a couple weeks in and podcasting seems so like not glorious, uh, glamorous. Totally. Ooh. And then you're like three episodes in, and you're my husband who was editing and doing all of that in the beginning reached out to me on like a Tuesday and he was like, Hey, what episode is going out this week? And I realized I didn't have one. And so I had plenty of time. Like it doesn't go out till Sundays, but I was like, damn it. I like have to like come up with something and do this. And so I don't know that I knew. I definitely know. I didn't think through like, what's your goal with this? Mm -hmm. I took action, started a podcast and was like, this seems fun. And then started to figure out like, okay, I like doing this and I'm getting good feedback. Yeah. So, and everybody loves it. So we're going to continue. So <laughs> I, as an Enneagram three, that validate, I would do it for free the rest of my life. As long as yep. just keep the compliments coming. You love me. <laughs> okay. Thank you. They love me. Um, so yeah. So then it was, then we just started to be like, okay. Oh, here's what it was. Here's the spill the tea moment. I would have people message me and say like, Hey, can I get on the phone with you to talk about this? Da, 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 da. I coach with so-and-so, but I really resonate with like what you said on your most recent episode. And mm-hmm. so I'd be like, okay, cool. So you give so-and-so $800 a month. Mm-hmm. Good for them. Yeah. But because I haven't figured out, I don't have how to monetize it. Yes, for sure. I, you know, and I still do a ton of, I'm sure you spend a lot of time in your DMS for free. You know, it's not like I keep, but then the other thing would be like, people wanted me to come speak at their event. And I would be like, fantastic. Uh, I have to buy a flight and this, like, is there any, (laughs) any, like, after you, the first two or three where you're like, it's fine. I'll pay $3,000 to be there. To just be you're there. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of like get over that glamour. You're like, can you like, is there any way you can help pay for my flight? And they're like, no, we have no budget for that, but you can sell from the stage. And I'm like, great. I can <laughs> sell right. my podcast. That right. gives me nothing. Nothing. Yeah. On the stage. So it was just thinking about like ways. And then I feel like we've been force fed in this last year or two, like the pandemic really shone light on how much opportunity there is to make from a laptop. Absolutely. And, um, as I started to get older and we had the income from the practice to travel, I started to realize how much I really love traveling, but then it was this like, but I don't want to I don't want to like not work. It's not like I want to go spend a month in Peru and not do any work. 
I just yeah. don't want to be bound, you know, all to the, the time to the mm-hmm. brick and mortar business. And so, so that's where it's like all those things kind of coming together being like, I, oh, one more thing came into this is I was starting to get really tired of building a practice and the people. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we had three clinics and 10 people. And it was just kind of like, I don't know that I, in order to triple my income, I don't know that I want to triple my chiropractic practice. Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm like, I'm only 36, like one day, maybe I will. But right now, you know, we're seeing six. At this stage of life. We were seeing like 650, 700 a week between three clinics. And like, I had that income. I was like, okay, I want more than this income. So do I have to figure out how to make nine clinics and (laughs) see 2000 people a week in order to triple? And that sounds fucking exhausting i you're bringing up so many things that i like even want to dive into just in this because one the first thing is the pandemic absolutely made everybody who was stuck within four walls realize like i don't know that i want to spend 40 50 60 hours a week inside of four the same four walls every time that's great um I, w- I want to dive into that a little bit because I think too, like we're a part of, you know, women chiropractic groups that there's so many discussions that are happening around this and passive income in my frustration. I wonder if you have the same frustration because you've worked your ass off clearly, just like I have to build the clinics that we have and be these leaders for our teams. But I also feel like there is this idea that passive income is like so truly easy to get and, and like, so passive and so <laughs> passive. And I get so frustrated because I'm not knocking anybody's side hustle, but like your side hustle isn't passive either, or you wouldn't be on the DMs or commenting on these threads if it was passive. And I think especially women chiropractors that we're talking to or that we have influence over that maybe are starting a family or are maybe getting a little burnout from running their practice, they're on these threads and they're like, oh, I could do this for passive. Oh, I could do this for passive. And like, I don't feel like it's necessarily truthful. Right. I 100% agree. It's, it's a side hustle, but that just seems schemey. So like passive income. And then it's also, you know, one of the things that, and I don't know if you said this or I said this, we were on the same thread recently where I feel like if you, okay. So if you own your own practice and you are upset or not, you know, you're disappointed in how much income you're bringing in and your goal is more financial freedom. That's the number one goal. I do think, and I imagine you would agree that the recommendation is always to double down on the business you started, like make more chiropractic happen. Like, yes. Like in the, just the profitability that is there, like just make more chiropractic. If your problem is like, don't get distracted because it's not passive. It's not this oil group and blah, 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 not to knock on oils or any it's other, anything, anything. Yeah. It's like the amount you're going to get as an affiliate selling uh, electrolytes, that energy put into your practice will be substantially more financially benefiting. Absolutely. But I feel like the other thing is that comes in is people are exhausted by running a practice because, so I was talking to Stephen Franson from TRP, uh, the remarkable practice. So he, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Yeah. So he was on the podcast in December, him and his wife, and he was talking about how like 80% of chiropractors are caregivers and are not meant to run a practice. Totally. But that's not the reality we see of Mm -hmm. schools. Like we see 
if anything, nine, well, I mean, God, if you had to guess a percentage of like in a chiropractor's career, inevitably when they will open a practice, what would you guess it is? Or I guess a better way is what percentage would you say are like lifetime associates? They're happy with it. That's their plan. Oh, probably less than 10%. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, well, why do we have those, those numbers so fucked up and skewed Mm -hmm. if that's the reality? And I think it's because associates go in to owning a practice because they think it's going to give them more freedom. Mm-hmm. Like if I own the practice, it'll give me more freedom. And all of us like business owners over here are like, no, it does not. It does not give you the freedom. We're like, that's cute. Mm-hmm. Talk to us in five years. Yeah. And because so like, yeah, similar to you, like when did you start to have more time freedom, more financial freedom? Like how far into practice were you? Oh my God. 12 years. Yeah. Like it really just happened in the last two or three years. Yeah. Eh, no, four or five years, but yeah. But, but still like in the first five years, forget about it. Like you're, and you have to build a big practice in order to, well, I guess that's not necessarily true. There are different ways. I'm assuming, you know, I think you can get creative with offers and yeah. stuff like probably the traditional way that we offer. You have to have the the money to pay somebody substantially. I know I've been working with a couple of people lately that just maybe don't have the income to onboard an associate and pay them 65 K a year, but there's ways that they're getting creative so that they can expand and give that associate tons of freedom as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, for what you and I have done and what, like, I guess, quote more, the traditional way is like, you better be busy. You better have plenty of profit in order to build your team. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. And then the freedom will maybe come later. If, if it all works out. (laughs) Right. And so I think we have a lot of people in owning their own practice that shouldn't be owning. And so like the next thing is like, okay, on these like groups, it's like, okay, maybe don't worry about leaving chiropractic because that's another thing we see is like what careers does my degree qualify me for and I'm like hey how about you just go associate Mm -hmm. just go associate like for sure this is not but I think I don't know why do you think people don't do that I think it's ego honestly I think it's 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 the sense of failure if like you've had your own practice and then you decide maybe it's not where you're at and it's the fear that like people are going to judge you, right? Especially everything on social now. It's like, oh my gosh, are they going to judge me because I stopped doing this? Um, but more than anything, I think you're spot on with like, you don't have to leave the career. And it, just like any associateship, I don't know if you were ever an associate, but like every single associateship is different. So because you had a bad one doesn't mean there's not three others that are good out there. I know plenty of women, particularly in chiropractic that provide amazing packages for people and that truly want to be a mentor and truly want to see you succeed. And so it's like, I think you're giving up a little bit if you're just like, cool, I'm out. <laughs> right. I think they're assuming, I, I I don't think they're aware that what they're exhausted with is running a business. They're not exhausted with chiropractic. Totally. Probably. That's, and that's- I, I've even, I've had people that have, um, I've like clients that have left chiropractic entirely, either sold a practice, had a baby, didn't go back. And they're like, wow, I actually miss it more than I thought I would. I miss making that difference in that family's life. I miss seeing that baby completely like calm their nervous system, you know? And it's like, we take for granted because it's our reality every day of like the huge difference we're making in people's lives. But when you don't have that filling your cup and you don't have it for several months, you're like, wow, I actually miss this because I can't, I became accustomed to people praising me or being grateful for chiropractic and that can be really easy to take, take for advantage, you know? So your podcast or like, so it's the wealthy practitioner, right? Yes. Okay. So 
where, what kind of advice do you give to like, what's kind of like your core messaging there? Is it like get to a certain point and then start like buying real estate? Like what's, what's the, what's the thing? So my, my really the underlying message is like, I want to teach practitioners in particular how to build legacies without sacrificing those that they're building it for. So whether that's God. your family, did you, did you guys just hear that her just like <laughs> rattle that off? Did you practice that? It's I did not practice that. It's beautiful. If you, Thank you. If I ran into someone and they were like, so what is she slays the days like thing? I'd be like, um, so like, uh, I talk about the Enneagram a lot. <laughs> some spiritual stuff um it's kind of a lot of rambling so chiropractic shit is definitely in there and you're just like <laughs> beautiful beautiful anyways I, oh, that's so I keep funny. Going. Uh, yeah so like the idea is you get to have the practice and life of your dreams you get to have the career of your dreams you get you get to have it all is essentially the message you don't have to sacrifice one for the other it means it's simple but it does not mean it's easy and those are two different things right like Sim building a business is simple. If you do these things, the business will grow. That does not mean those few things that you have to do are easy or you get to do them once and then like throw in the towel and be like, how come my business isn't succeeding? You know? Um, but I think it's simple. And I think, especially as chiropractors, we overcomplicate it. Um, you know, that's at least the majority of people that you and I both are seeing where it's like, okay, you're either overcomplicating because you're either not doing the things or you don't have a strategy on what you're doing. And so the message with the podcast is like, Hey, have a good strategy to become more profitable. Then you invest in people because people are going to help you carry out your vision. People are going to help you go to the next level. Then your life starts to prosper. Well, for me, prosper means traveling the world with my family, spending tons of time with my husband and my son, um, having more than one income source, right? Like loving myself. It's all of that self-worth aspect too. But to get to that prosper stage, it's really a huge foundation that you're building. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and then you chose the word practitioner. Are you I, like, do you feel like your audience is PTs, dentists, like all? I don't. I think, well, that that's a lie. I definitely have other business owners in my community that are not um, chiropractors. I would say the majority is chiropractors, but I also feel like the concepts I'm talking about apply to multiple industries. So mm -hmm. I didn't want to hone in on just the chiropractor, like the wealthy chiropractor. Yeah. Um, and also I want to use it as a way to reach the general public that maybe doesn't know about chiropractic. And I think if it was called the wealthy chiropractor, that would maybe think you, the, the message there would be like, Oh, I shouldn't listen to that. I'm not a chiropractor. Whereas I've had several even um, women that are like stay at home moms, or maybe they have that side hustle, or maybe they're, you know, taking a break from their career and at home with their children that are listening that are like, Hey, I still feel like this is applicable. I don't, I don't know. I felt like I wanted a more encompassing name, I guess. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I feel like, because I don't have the word chiropractor in it. Um, I've thought like, cause the, it's a tiny niche. I was just at a conference. Actually, I was just on, um, do you know who Maya Nicole is? She's a big Instagram coach. Um, okay. So I was just on her podcast talking about my tiny, <laughs> tiny micro niche. Uh -huh. of like, and she was laughing because I'm like, it's like, it's not even just all chiropractors. It's like chiropractors who run cash practices <laughs> and really focus on families. Like, yeah, I took a niche. And you was took like, a niche and like niche it as far as possible. 
And in the beginning of the podcast, I was like trying to experiment with how I could broaden. And like, I was like, oh, maybe it'll be more like for small businesses and stuff like that. But I felt like as I tried to like apply my message broader, I didn't do a good job. And like my audience, my community kind of disengaged a little more because it wasn't like directly for them. And so I'm, I'm inspired that you're able to have a bigger niche than me. (laughs) Well, if if it helps you, Lauren, I start, when I first started consulting, it was any female small business owner. Okay. And that was like way too broad for me. So I have niche down from where I started as well, because I found the the similar thing to you that I was like, I don't even know who the hell I'm supposed to be talking to right now. Mm -hmm. Like with what it was, whether it was content on social or like in the DMS or in-person conversations, I was like, what is it that I do? And so like to get to this point where it's like, I know you have to be a doctor in order to talk to me. It it's, it feels very niche down for me because I was running into similar issues that it sounds like you had that you were like, I don't even know what I'm saying or like, who this is resonating with. Yeah. Um, It's crazy how long it takes to find, like, I literally just feel last September. So less than a year ago where it was like things clicked in place of like, Oh, I know who I'm speaking to now. Like um, it doesn't make the ramblings any less or anything (laughs) like that, but it is like, I found, I just was really lost within chiropractic for a long time. Um, I feel like going to Northwestern, coming out into the profession, realizing that like, you know, I switched my practice. So for a while it was like, I got out of network with insurance. We went from like 80% insurance down to zero. Um, Well, I think we got like that 1% Medicare. Um, And, you know, like all of that stuff. And then I would be asked to speak, but like, I wasn't like those people on stage. Like mm-hmm. I would see the people as an Enneagram three that I was like, I'm going to be on stage someday. Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't like them mm-hmm. because they were on fire for chiropractic. I didn't mm-hmm. learn what capitalizing tick even meant. Yeah. I think I re- learned it like <laughs> mid podcast episode a couple of years ago. <laughs> You're like, I wait a my minute. husband called me out. He's like, what does that mean? And I was like, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why they teachers. What, what does teaching innate chiropractic? Is that what tick stands yeah. for when people capitalize it? I think so. Oh, okay. I, I now know. you're putting well, me on the spot. I don't know. You know, or a chiropractor. And I'm like, what is that? Right. What does the TOR stand for? Right. So I just felt really dumb. And I'm like you, I don't get into the politics of like schools. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I would be talking to someone and they'd be like, oh, well, you know, Jill Lamarck, right? And I'm like, no, no, I like, actually who? don't. <laughs> and I was like, never heard the name before in my life. And they're like, yeah. what? And I'm like, who is it? And they're like, it's kind of a big deal. <laughs> and so like, so many of these conversations would happen where I'm just like, black, like up until last year, I was like, who's Lacey Book? I don't know. Who is that? What? And they're like, Black Diamond Club? I'm like, rings rings like like, you live under a rock in Wisconsin Uh I'm like I guess I do and so I just I wasn't like them I didn't know the things that they did I didn't spew the passion that they did Mm -hmm. but yet I wanted to have an audience I felt like I knew in my like I had this knowing that 
I have a place. I have something to contribute, but I really just didn't know what it what it was. was. Mm-hmm. And like, I feel like it just took a bit to go like, oh, I found my people and I found my message. But it just took you getting started too, right? Like you mm-hmm. started because you had that innate feeling, that inner knowing, and you were like, I'm going to pursue this and I have faith that it's going to work out. And it's worked out beautifully. You have like the number one chiropractic podcast ever, you know? Yeah, I know but so- I just say that. So you can't trust me. Like, who knows? Oh, I believe it. <laughs> I believe it. If you say it, I believe it. Right? Um, like, I don't know. Where do we even pull those stats from? <laughs> um, but no, I think, listen, what, you, what you've created with it and the way that you've been able to monetize it and expand it and just have this platform is like super inspiring. And I think that I said this on my podcast the other day, like you didn't know how to do it because you were the one to show others that it could be done. Right. And it's different than the way anybody else has ever done it. It's different than, you know, like, what did I see you did the other day? Um, Oh, where you have this like opportunity for docs to post about their associate jobs that they're hiring. And I'm like, Lauren, that is fucking genius because you have such an amazing following and it is a great way for the people that are following you to also find opportunities from other docs who are invested in the same kind of practice, you know? And so nobody's ever done that before. So you didn't know because it's had to evolve and come through you. But I think that's the beautiful thing about just like pursuing a passion that turns into something is like, you don't know how it's going to manifest. You just have to get started. Yeah, agreed. And like kind of bringing it back to like the side hustle realm of like, there was a passion, there was like a joy for it. And I think that's a thing that when people are specifically looking for a side hustle, they're like, I want to make more money, I want to, or like, I want more freedom. Um, It's like, okay, well, pick something you're super passionate about. Because I think so many chiropractors think it has to be about chiropractic, too, where it's like, because that's what they know. I was at the conference I was talking about, I literally sat in a room where this dude makes millions of dollars on dog training videos. Yep. Like I'm, I'm talking with my, one of my associates right now because she is a weekend traveler. Like I will, it'll, she'll be one of those people that I'm like, what are you doing this weekend? Expecting her to say, she's like going on the lake. On the couch. She's <laughs> like, Oh, I'm actually going to Nashville. And I'm like, wait, what? And she's like, don't worry. I didn't take any time off. I like, so she's like really good at these things. And I was like, you should like do something with that. Start sharing like how you did this and like let the, because she's super passionate about it. And I think that's really important in, because it's not going to be passive. People want it to be passive. It's not going to be passive. It is totally going to take time and energy from you. So you better damn like it. Yeah, because you're going to be spending a lot of time doing it for sure. Yeah. So are you, you're like into real estate now too, right? Like, so what was yeah. the business that came after the consulting? It was real estate. Yeah. So okay. we were like, okay, again, searching for something a little bit more passive than <laughs> right? either of those careers. We were like, okay, um, how about we just buy some property? We have some money sitting there. We need it to work for us. It's not doing anything in the savings account. And so we bought our first property, um, in February, 2020. So looking back, if we would have been able to predict probably would have left that down payment in the bank account. (laughs) Um, But we brought a property in Pennsylvania. That's a long-term rental. Like it was super affordable. I think it was 75 K and, um, and like an unheard of. How did you pick that location? Cause how far away is that? So, um, 
one of the chiropractors um, that I follow is Scott Garber. And so he does a lot in real estate and is trying to teach chiropractors more about real estate. And so we had crossed paths and a lot of the properties he owned uh, or that he currently owns and did own are in Pennsylvania. And so I was telling him like things that I was looking for has to be turnkey. I have no time, money, energy, or resources to rehab a property at this stage. Um, needs to be affordable because I'm coming like 30 K out of pocket. I'm not buying a million dollar beachfront home, right? <laughs> needs mm -hmm. to cash flow. Like I was telling him the points that we wanted something that's super easy, had a management in place just to dip our toes so that we had more time to learn, but mm -hmm. could deploy the capital and get it to start working for us. And so it checked all those boxes. And so we bought um, a property from him that he was selling. And it's funny because we've bought a lot of other properties since then and sold them um, just based on, again, not being passive or a, a few things going wrong or learning more about the the strategy that we have with real estate and being like, okay, some of these properties we bought don't fit into that category. And so we've sold a lot, but that first one we bought, we still own, which is cool. <laughs> So I think one of the things just for anybody who's like brand new to real estate, you know, and you're saying like long-term rental um, is like a family or like a one-year lease type of thing. Yes. And then Correct. like short-term rental is like the Airbnb aspect. So smart that you went long-term rental. I feel like Airbnb is just having its like sexy heyday right now. And yeah. like, if you want passive don't go with Airbnb type of thing. Like, right. Well, and again, you, I was talking to um, one of my mentors is Taylor Welch and he used to have a huge real estate conglomerate. He still does a lot with real estate. He's also a consultant, but he, I, I was talking to him on the phone one day and I was like, I don't know, should I buy more short-term? Should I buy more midterm? Should I buy more long-term? Like what's midterm? What Midterm is like when it's a traveling nurse okay. and they need that rental for maybe six to 12 weeks okay. um, or somebody's coming to the area. Like we, we have an Airbnb in Cincinnati, but because our property manager also lists it, they got contacted by a company from Asia that was like, Hey, we're sending businessmen there for two months. Can they rent your place? Ended up renting it for like five or six months. Great from the cash flow perspective. Mm -hmm horrible on the wear and tear of the property. Really? Uh, there was so many repairs we had to do. Unbelievable. Um, but every month we were getting that check, we we're like, Whoa! Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden they're like, our property manager sends us all these pictures when they leave. And we're like, Oh my gosh. Okay. We're going to have to do some repairs. And so I was trying to figure out like, are we going to go all in on short term, all in on midterm, all in on long term? What's the play here? And Taylor was like, you should just do a real estate syndication. And I was like, well, what's that? And so he explained to me, it's like, okay, you're with a group of investors. We buy a massive property, like a $10 million property. And we, you have somebody else managing the capital, doing all the repairs. And in this particular syndication, everything was getting built from the ground up, all brand new construction with the goal of being short-term rentals. And so that's actually the most recent thing that we've invested in, in real estate, because I had gotten to the point of trying all these other things that I was like, no, for real though, what's passive in real estate? I need to know. Right. Yeah. Because I was thinking like, so how many properties were you at? Did you own at this point? Like, that's, that's still a lot of work. Like, even though you have property manage, managers, yes. it's like, it's work. And so are you liking the syndication aspect? Um, the syndication has been wonderful. It's the final five units. Cause it was 14 units total. The final five units is just waiting for inspection now by the town to get live on, on, um, 
wherever they book it at on Airbnb, but some of the other vacation rental sites too. And so um, we haven't seen a return on that yet. We just invested into it last year. And so it's more of a long-term play too. Whereas like the minute you sign on the dotted line, you own that property, like the next month you're getting that thousand dollars to your bank account. The mortgage is going out. Cool. You've, you've got two or three extra hundred dollars. This indication was a more of a long-term play with the potential of a huge exit. When we go to sell the building. Got it. I think, um, I had, gosh, I can't remember her name for the life of me, but like 30 episodes ago, maybe I had a financial person on talking about syndicates and she had shared, cause I was like, how do we not how have we never heard of this stuff? Yeah. Like how come we, you know, well, one, none of us have a business background, right? right? Like we all have like a human biology degree followed by a chiropractic degree. And our business training was like running a small business. Yeah. And so, and so my husband and I are the exact same situation where we came from not entrepreneurs, like mm-hmm. very lower middle class. Like there was a part of my life where we were on food stamps for sure. Like his dad's a farmer. Like yep. now he went and got a corporate consultant or like corporate finance and marketing, which also, so yes, business, but like not, yeah, not, not like as applicable how to like yeah. build your own wealth type of thing. Yeah. And so it's just been eye opening and shocking to me in the last four or five years as I've started to go down this avenue of like, how do people get rich? Like, <laughs> right. How do they do we're it? Doing it every day. There's gotta be a process. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't want to say I've gotten obsessed with how people get rich because that would make me sound like a terrible person. So I'm not yeah. going to say that, <laughs> but like, I'm fascinated by it. I'm fascinated by how much money exists out there. Um, and like all the different ways, like, I think my husband and I got into this huge conversation about like world economics and like the (laughs) Ukraine war. And he was like telling me all the different ways of like, of like weapons and like how these like, uh, construction companies are going to like be able to make it. And I was like, there is so much money out there. And here's a chiropractor's like, I make a hundred thousand and I would like to grow my practice so I can make 150. And it's like, ah, we're not even part of the conversation because, you know, we're told we're a shitty chiropractor. If you're trying to do that, if you're trying to do that, if you're motivated by the financial freedom that your business can potentially provide for you. Mm -hmm. Now I would love to go into Uh, what are they called? Weapons, weapons of mass destruction or something like that. I think that would be cool. I'm probably not going to make that pivot. Like if I actually, it doesn't really pass the core values test. (laughs) Yeah. Something about that doesn't sound right. It seems really cool. Ton of money though. (laughs) Uh, So much money and power. I'm not even an Enneagram eight, but I'm like, man, it would be so cool if I was really powerful and I got to wear like suits and fly crust country and open a brief to important meetings right (laughs) so i'm so important but next life next probably not gonna do that so (laughs) i think real estate i don't know if instagram has just like figured me out but like i think real estate is a secret this is how people get rich 
Yeah, it's it's definitely part of it for sure. Do you follow? Um, so obviously bigger pockets, like that's mm-hmm. what I, the podcast that I started listening to in the beginning. But I was so overwhelmed. I was like, wait, I can own apartment buildings, but then there's mobile parks. But then I should own short term, long term. But then there's syndications. But then people are doing um like HUD properties, like Section Eight, Eight, Section Eight, Section Nine. I don't even know what they are those properties, like there's all these different niches within real estate. And so similar, I was like, let me just get started very simply. And I will work my way up. I have a long lifetime ahead of me. Um, But I also find that, you know, similar, like we were talking to at the beginning of the conversation is like, there is a time and place for you to vest in real estate, because it is again, another distraction, you become obsessed with it, right? You become obsessed with these other things. And like to take a moment to thank one of our primary sponsors of the podcast, Insight CLA. The Insight tech moves the message off the spine and into the nervous system where the magic of the adjustments can be measured and tracked. Everyone from newborns to seniors are being scanned in my practice and in thousands of other practices like ours so they can be examined and inspired to choose chiropractic care. It's like an instant referral machine because the scans are so visible and informative. Like what patient wouldn't want to know how their nervous system is performing? The staff at CLA are ready to take care of you and answer any questions you may have. They also have an incredible online academy that can help train everyone in the office and help them to feel confident on how to get perfect scans and how to interpret the results. We have been using the Insight technology in our clinics for over seven years now, and it is a complete game changer for conversion, retention, and patient education. Click the link below in the show notes as She Slays listeners get preferred pricing and hundreds of dollars off their purchase. Hey, She Slayers, I have partnered with Well Aligned and Above Down Apparel to give all of my listeners something really special. So listen up, don't skip. A free premium t-shirt, okay? You get a free t-shirt. So just head over to wellaligned.com forward slash She Slays to claim your listener offer. That's all you gotta do. Above Down has the coolest and most comfy chiropractic tees that showcase your personality. My favorite is the Mabel. I love it. Um, They're super soft and a great conversation starter if you do seek conversation with, you know, your patients. We call it table talk. What more can you ask for? So I've also been using well-aligned materials for years to educate my patients. They have high-quality ROF folders, patient handouts, office forms, posters, and a ton more. So why recreate the wheel when there's a perfectly designed communication tool ready for you to help educate and inform? Head over to wellaligned.com forward slash she slays to claim your free t-shirt. And I'll drop a link in the show notes so you can check it out. I'm curious for you, is there a point in business, either from like revenue or profit side that you actually feel is the sweet spot from when you should start to diversify? Oh, like from a chiropractic practice. Yeah. Like say point? you're growing your chiropractic business. And like you said, maybe you're doing hundred K. Cause I know sometimes I get on the phone with clients and they're like, cool. I want a second income stream. And I'm like, awesome. Let's talk about your debt. And they're like, well, I have a business loan. I have a CLA scanner. I have an x-ray unit. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're not going to take the money that you could use to pay off that, to free up your cash flow to just go buy a property. That's going to make you hundred dollars a month. Right. Yeah. No, that that is a great question. So first, I would say the most important thing isn't necessarily if you've got like your debt to income ratio in a great place is is your systems for your team in a great place. Because I 
um, back when I was coaching. So pre-podcast started to kind of remove myself from the practice a little bit. Things were real, real good. And so I like had a non-paying side hustle of coaching and um, the practice emotionally suffered. Mm -hmm. Like it stopped growing. It wasn't like the numbers went down, but Mm -hmm. like they felt this vacuum that Mm -hmm. I was gone. And so I kind of reinserted myself in and needed to get systems so much better. Like I needed to, you know, create more of this org chart. I needed to make sure the meetings were happening. Not all meetings needed to happen with me, but other people could do meetings and then they could report to me. Like just this whole like flowchart of like, they still had this mindset that if mom's not in the building, (laughs) mom isn't thinking about us. And so I needed to repair that, that they knew, I don't know, this is always something, but also you don't need me to fix this problem for you. Like I needed to empower my employees more that they weren't like, you know, it was like simple things. Like um, if we got uh, something in the mail for like, do you want to sponsor a thing? And it would just sit there because uh, they needed to show it to me to say, right. do you want to do this? And so like, even just having a, like, because it's sitting there as a reminder that I'm not in the practice to solve this problem. Yeah. It's such a minuscule problem, but it's just this visible reminder that Lauren can't solve any problems until she gets here to work on Monday. Yeah. She's not here now. And so it was just all those little things that we just needed to like, create a system for. And so, um, that helps. So the second time was substantially easier, but I still have to make sure, you know, last year we got, uh, an Airbnb and we were, I don't want to say overstaffed for doctors, but it was a great time for me to be like, I'm going to actually, I cut my, I was take, I was working four shifts and I went down to three shifts. I cut like a shift where I'm like, I'm just going to spend all Wednesday I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be remodeling yep. this damn thing <laughs> yep. that I did. And like that, they felt, they felt like, but that was like a month long, like real short hustle project that they were like, that wasn't, that wasn't fun. And so I'm still kind of learning like, okay, so next time. So what did I learn from that? Mm-hmm. I learned that they felt abandoned again, Mm -hmm. because they didn't see it coming. I didn't know we saw it coming. My husband didn't even see us buying that property coming. (laughs) And so like now, like when I went to launch the course a couple months later, I was like, okay, I did the meetings. I sat down and I was like, okay, here's the deal. You're going to start seeing me market this course on She Slays. Here's when, like, I didn't, I don't sit down and go, here's when I'm working on this or here's when I'm working on that. But like, I want you to know that when I'm here, I'm not going to be distracted. I will be focused on this. And I had to follow through with that. And like, and I want you to know that like, even though it may seem on social media that this is the most important thing to me, like that's how social media is going to make it seem. And I, you know, and what, and then like ask them, what can I do? Cause there's going to be this like four months where I'm marketing and then doing this course where you may feel like you're not the most important thing in my life. What can I do to really make sure, you know? And so we like, yeah, just went about it that way, but I love that shorter answer from like the financial aspect. 
Yeah. I mean, you got to look at your debt to income ratio and percentages, right? It's all about what is your interest percentage on that debt versus what is the amount of percentage that I could get on this thing. So I would keep debt that's at 5% Mm -hmm. and invest it in something that I could get 8%. Yeah. And that's just like a different math thing of like cash flow where people are you know, where it's like, it's scary to look at buying a property where you're like, well, that property is 300 grand. We can't afford that. And you're like, well, hold on. You don't need 300 grand. (laughs) You don't need 300 grand. Right. Um, You only need, you know, 20% of that. And also then looking at what can you rent that out for? What's your mortgage payment going to be? And like, now it's like cash flow. So like all those things were just big eye openers for me. Yeah, for sure. Do you have a answer to that though, of like where um, to be in practice? No, I a hundred percent agree with the, um, interest thing is like, some people are like, Oh, well I only owe, you know, $3,000 on that. And it's like, okay, but you're still getting charged interest and you have money sitting in the bank, pay that off. You free up more cash flow Cause now you're not making that $300 payment every month. You can pay yourself $300 more. Cause I mean, we haven't even brushed the topic of how little most of our colleagues pay themselves, (laughs) Um, you know, so that that's part of the equation for sure. But um, I, I hold the same sentiment that like, you cannot let your main thing falter, it has to remain the main thing. So from an attention perspective, from a cash flow perspective, as long as you have everything locked and loaded for that, great, you can diversify. Um, probably if you're only profiting $500 a month, you should just keep reinvesting that in the business, um, rather than trying to look for something else. But I think definitely once you start to get past, you know, the eight to 10 K a month profit, you should definitely consider diversifying. What I think is not talked about is that because we're talking about this of like, where should you be in your own practice? But earlier we're talking about like, there's so many people who should be associates. They have, mm-hmm. but because they hear conversations where like, basically my roundabout point is like, I don't think it you have to even be the business owner. I think no. that an associate might have an easier time of being like, you don't have to worry about what you're doing in your free time. If like you're dropping the ball, that's not your responsibility. So like, I think, and that's where kind of like the realization of all these things of like people are owning clinics because they think it's going to give them this financial freedom and like free and it's not, and they're burning out. So they should be associates, but like, guess what? It's okay. Fine. So you, let's say you and your husband have a combined income of a hundred thousand, one ten. Okay. Well, I guess it really depends on where you're at, but like, if you can start thinking about wealth, Like you can start thinking about like, okay, so I work four days a week at the clinic. Uh, My kids are at a great age or I don't have kids yet. Or, hey, I'm home with my kids. Like there's money to be made with an Instagram account and like getting followed, like start side hustles. That's like, if it's a passion of yours, you don't have to own the business to make In order to start something else. Yeah, absolutely. Similar to like the conversation that I have with had learned I needed to have with my associates and my employees. I do recommend if you're an associate listening and you're like, heck yeah. Like I'm trying to get my associate to start 
this like traveling side hustle thing. Mm -hmm. I do think it's a good idea if you're going to start doing that to sit down with your boss and say, when I am here, I am not working on that. I am 100% focused on this. Um, Because like, again, that's what social media does is it makes you think that that's all they're doing. So like if as a boss, if I started to see my employee um, start to like sell something or whatever, I'd be like, do I need to be worried? Like, yeah. Are you leaving? What's happening? Are Let you me leaving? Know. Yeah. Also, are you focused on your job? Like this is your first job. Like, you know, and so, but if they're like, no, absolutely not. I just know that I want to make $200,000, but I also don't want to own a business. Yeah. And I don't know if you're going to pay me 200 grand anytime soon. And I'm like, sorry, <laughs> no, I'm not. And they're like, great. So I'm figuring out how to keep chiropractic in my life, mm-hmm. but make some moolah. And it's like, hell yeah, that's the conversations that associates need to start hearing. One of my um, associates, she's been with me for, I think we just celebrated five years and she's my clinic director. And she approached me a couple of years ago, um, probably in 2021, maybe even beginning of 2022 and was like, Hey, if you're working on anything else that you need more help with, let me know. If you see any investment opportunities that you think would be right for me, let me know. If you are considering another business that you want help with, let me know. And I just was so excited because I'm like, I'm never going to put more on her because she's an associate. She doesn't need to have the responsibility of that. Granted, she has more responsibility because she's a clinic director, but she basically let me know that she was ready for more. So now I can also bring her in on other opportunities I have outside of the clinic, or I can support her in a way that helps her achieve some of those other passions. She got her first rental property, which was a townhome as an associate, right? And so she wouldn't have been prepared for that. And I loved that she valued our relationship enough that she could bring it to me and be like, Hey, what do you think of this? Like when she was looking at the property, she was like, what do you think about these numbers, this price, this interest rate? And so I really helped her navigate that, but you can have a beautiful relationship like that with a clinic owner. If you just let them know what your goals and aspirations are too. Like, I want to see her succeed in every aspect of her life, not just the chiropractic side. And but I, I'm not going to bring things to her. It's also her job to kind of speak up and say, Hey, I think I'm ready for more. Do you have any ideas for me? Or like, what do you think of this that I'm thinking about working on? So just that open communication is so, so important. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that, I think that there's an illusion that, um, associates are a stepping stone. And so it's like, well, I'm only going to make this amount now, but like one day I'm going to start a practice and that's when I'll start becoming wealthy. Right. And it's like, or do you, do you want to own a practice? If not, right. like, listen, I just saw something where some, some chick gets paid like 10 grand a night for people <laughs> to watch her sleep. And oh I, like, this is my brain where it's just where I'm like, <laughs> I think I literally had a conversation on an episode with that Kirby was on where I was like, do you think that I could like get an OnlyFans account? And he's like, you know, did the normal husband reaction. I'm like, no, no, no. I Not wouldn't for- <laughs> do anything like sexy, but like maybe I would like adjust people. And like, you know, because people are into like crack noises. <laughs> and he's like, okay. And I'm like, will, pe- will people pay? Like, I'm just a hustler. I'm just yeah. like, would people pay to see that? See and that? Like, Probably not on OnlyFans. You might have to do it like, naked and I was like well I'm not gonna do that but then like I see these things where like people are making money with their feet and I'm like like how much money and I'm like I have cute toes like 
and these toes would collect. But again, it's the weapons of mass destruction thing where like, I'm like, yeah. hold up ADHD. Does that it work in this lifetime? Is that, <laughs> is that, is that where we're at for values today? And I'm like, oh, sorry, that's right. That's yeah. Right doesn't doesn't reel it back in that's that manifesting generator too though that you're like i can make a business tomorrow over anything Mm -hmm. as i was last year renovating our airbnb i'm much more of like decor like painting um wallpapering type thing versus like hammer nails kind of person but i was like i bet you i could start a design business for airbnbs like people would pay me to pick out their wallpaper and their light fixture. I bet I could do that. <laughs> like, yeah, well, maybe one day, maybe <laughs> one day. I am legit scared of when I'm an empty nester. So is my, yeah. um, I already know I, I'm going to do real estate. Like I just love or like sell real estate. And I just think that sounds yeah. fun. I, I, oh my gosh, the, the real estate agent that sold us this house, same thing. I'm like, dude, whenever I have more time, I'm going to be a real estate agent. Just so you know, she's like, okay, hit me up. And I'm like, I have zero time. Also need to have another baby at some point. But after that, I will. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, it's just interesting. I also think I'll be a beer cart girl. Um, for like, like a golf course on the golf course. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think I will make bank for tips because I have great customer service skills and like at that point I'll be 45, they'll be 65. Like it won't gross me out as much. Right. Yeah, but I'll be still fine. be like cute enough for them to tip well. <laughs> and I'll be ballsy enough to be like, where's that? Where's that tip? Give me the tip. <laughs> like, but I feel like I probably can't do it now because, uh, well, one, I don't have necessarily the time. Uh, but two, I feel like people would be like, so how's kind that of practice going? going? And I'd be like, oh, this is just for fun. This is just <laughs> Yeah, you might, you might want to wait on that one. <laughs> wait. Oh, well, this was, this is fun. This was really yes, fun. This was fun. I'm so glad that we got to get on and jam together. So last question that I have, what, what's next for you? You mentioned a baby. Like, yeah, I think that, um, my son is a toddler and if you ask me on a daily basis, if I want another child, the answer is absolutely not. I am good with one. He could be a single child in my overall vision. That is not what I always wanted two children. Um, so I think that, you know, it depends on the day of whether I still want that or not, but I think in the next 12 to 24 months, that is something that we want. And other than that, I think it's, you know, just relishing in this stage and also just being okay with more stillness because as a projector who tries to keep up with manifesting generators, I constantly want to be doing something, going somewhere, trying something new. And it's like, but how much more of my day-to-day could I just embrace and embrace the stillness? And the next challenge that I have for myself is like, how can I make as much money as I'm making now, but work half the time? Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to force me to get creative. I think that's going to force me to be super intentional instead of just saying yes to everything. And th- that's, that's what's next for me. I love that. Yeah. That's a really important step that I feel a lot of chiropractors could learn to make where it's like, okay, these are your numbers. This is your income. How do you keep these numbers the same? Cause they're, everybody's so focused on like, grow, like grow, growth. Grow, grow. Yeah. How do you keep those numbers the same, but then take the number of hours that you're committing and cut it? Like, I love that. So yeah, for sure. And I want to ask you a question. So one thing that I like to know is what does wealthy mean to you? 
Well, I think I already let you know. Wealthy means like money. <laughs> like I got, I'm not, you're not going to get any real like spiritual, like, no. Um, so to me, wealthy, wealthy does come down to like a financial aspect, the freedom to do what I want with the people I want when I want to. So like money opens the door to freedom. Of like, because, options. you know, like I know there's a lot of people who like, you don't need to be wealthy to have freedom. Like look at a stay-at-home parent, right? Yeah. Like they have so much freedom like, or like that core value. But like, to me, I know on that freedom, I want to get on a first class flight anyway. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so for me, I wouldn't feel as fulfilled being mm-hmm. like, I have all this freedom to be at my house. Mm-hmm. Look at me doing nothing. Yep. <laughs> like type yep. of thing. I would just be like, but I want to go shopping. No, and it's, it's less material. It's definitely not material. It's experience. It's experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's the experiences and being able to share that, the, share those experiences with my kids too. Yeah. Like, that's really fun. Although, damn, it does not take long for a kid to get used to first class. Like, <laughs> They, they got like one. Well, I was going to ask you, does it get easier traveling with them the older they get? Oh, like, do they start to do their own thing? I think I saw actually, maybe it was your most recent trip, um, but I saw on Instagram definitely in the last six months where you were like, oh my gosh, we're finally at a place where like the kids can do their own thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to rush them in the hotel room. That's probably what you saw. Kurt, we, we left them in the hotel room and went out to dinner on property still. But like, that was the first time that it was like, whoa yeah no we have hit we are in the sweet spot of children eight and eleven like they we can leave them home for a few hours by themselves at home like they really occupy themselves although we've kind of leaned a little hard into that of like they can occupy themselves but guess what they occupy themselves with screens so it's (laughs) like yes we can basically have a saturday where we don't talk to them uh huh. Well, guess what they did all Saturday? They right. An entire bag of Doritos, um, <laughs> leftover pizza in the fridge, and like played Minecraft for four, yeah, five, seven hours in a row. So it's like, oh shit! So like we we kind of like pendulum swung a little far. Yeah. Um, you're but, like freedom, and then you're like, oh shit! Wait, hold on, let me go yeah. back. <laughs> but what we've started doing um, is on trips. So like we allowed them to have their screens for the flight, but they knew the second we got off the plane in Hawaii, we collected their phones. And so, and so they were fine with that because like we told them like, this is what's going to happen. And so we are doing screen-free vacations at least, which is cool. I love that. So I love that. Well, thanks so much. This was super fun. Thank you. I don't know. I'll let you do the sign off. Okay. Um, I don't even know. I usually just go, and that's that. See, isn't it weird time. trying to figure out what your sign off is? It's like, well, and when I get, when like in my head, if I like know if it's just me and I'm like going through and my my episodes by myself are much shorter, and so then I'm like, wait, I said everything, and okay, have a good one. Oh like, yeah, it gets so awkward at the end. Well, but okay, so all right, I'll, <laughs> I'll do my sign off then. You do yours. Until next week, she slayers. Bye. Hey, She Slayers, are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients, 
Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait. 